Today is June 8th, and we are going to find out what's wrong with the Yankees. A great article was written today about that. We have the author, author, writer, yeah. joining us. And Katie Sharp, Sharp Stats. What's wrong with these Yanks? Are they stink? Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, brought to you by DraftKings. My name is Jimmy, sitting next to me is Jake, and in the corner, as always, we got producer BBD. And this episode is brought to you by Dugout Mugs. You guys know of Dugout Mugs. You love them. We love them. We got three on the table. Discount code YANKS gets you 35% off all MLB Dugout Mugs, wind-up season openers, and knob shots. Use code YANKS to get the best discount. We've been doing a lot of stuff with our mugs. Mostly, you guys can drink out of them or have them as decorations in your man cave or female cave, whatever I've, whatever type of cave you have. I've been you wearing can, mine. Jake's been wearing his as a little, um, well, we won't say. We won't say where he's been wearing it. It's versatile. It. That's all we'll say. It's versatile. Yeah, a lot of different places, and Jake has tiny feet. <laughs> you were referencing your feet, right? Dugout mugs. Like clogs. It's like a clog situation for you. They're bats that you drink out of now. Bats that you drink out of. Made out of small hands. Made out of baseball bats repurposed as mugs. Discount code Yanks. Jake, how you doing? James, David, everyone live right now. Everyone not live right now. Doing all right. Doing all right. Off day yesterday after, what, 13-game stretch, something like that. So reset the engine needed a little a, bit. Needed a little off day. A little grocery shopping. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of buckle up for this twin series. We're seeing two former Yankees on the bump. Uh, and another, you know, I, the twins, their problems this year have been further than the Yankees. I, I mean, Slightly different goals. I mean, obviously, all the Minnesota Twins playoff jokes and all of that. But they've been a really good team in the American League the past few years, and they are under 500 a lot. They've been battling with the Tigers for last place in the Central. And if they have any hopes this season, which I'm sure in their clubhouse locker room they do, you know, you got to get the engine going at some point or. You know, the Yankees continue in their kind of death spiral Or they win a series and we start talking ourselves into it And whoever <laughs> gets one over the wall, we say, are they getting hot? Uh, so we'll see uh, But yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited for today I mean, we're going to have two smart people on today's episode Which we, we rarely, we've never had BBD's smart BBD's pretty smart So maybe when yeah. Katie Sharp and him so are then on three, three, three smart people on would, the episode today uh, Mike Petriello, Katie Sharp, uh, with the sharp stats that I think is related to all of it. So it's kind of one big conversation. The Yankees' offensive woes. I like it, and and if you don't follow Mike on Twitter, go do that. He's very good at making the analytics digestible, and his article is very readable. And I, I'm excited to talk about the article a little bit and see, you know, what stock would he actually buy? Like, I, I love the ripple effect always. And, you know, we're hoping Voight comes back at some point, and that would be a 
giant leap from the Yankees' first base. You know, is he buying DJ stock? Would he buy Glaber stock? Is is there something else that could be the ripple effect that this Yankees lineup kind of needs or uh, he believes in? So I, I don't know. I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, me too. I mean, the article is great, and it's it's kind of – Everyone has been trying to figure out what's wrong with the Yankees. Yeah. What's going on with the offense? How is everyone in the same slide? Is it the balls? Is it the approach? Is it the contact? Is it their lack of speed? Is it whatever? And uh, Mike does a great job going through everything it's not and then everything it kind of can be. So let's give him a call. He says he's ready. We're hooked up to the board. Is your volume up? Hello. Hello. Can you hi. can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, hi, hi, Mike. Thank you very much for joining us. Sorry, it didn't ring, so I was a little confused for a second. But yeah, man, we are excited to have you on. Uh, my co-host Jake here has had a crush on your Twitter feed for okay. a couple years now. <laughs> I mean, Thank you. more more than the Twitter feed. I mean, just general crush. We can leave it there. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Hey, it's a, it's a good morning. Anytime I can write something and David Cohn of all people tells everybody to read it. So that's a, that's a good morning for me. When, when you drop that, are, is there a little bit of fear of like, oh, I'm entering the Yankees Twitter lines den today? Like it could, it could be a long day real quick if I, if there's one sentence they don't like. Well, I can tell you this, um, you know, Jimmy shared the article earlier this morning, and thank you for that. That definitely opened the door to a certain segment of Yankee Twitter that doesn't usually follow me, and um, some interesting comments there. I can tell you that. Well, you, you know, you asked the questions that we've been trying to figure out forever because it's not one thing that's wrong with the Yankees, and I loved your approach. So anyone that hasn't read the article, go read it because you, you give a general team outline of what's not the issue and what may be the issue, and then you broke down the 10 batters. Uh, and really good stuff uh, had to take you a while, so I credit you for that. We're kind of lazy over here. Mm. But I don't know where to start. I guess my first just overarching question, after you did all your research and you formulated your thoughts and you put it on paper, do you have any less – if you were a Yankees fan, would you have any less hope after all your research or any more hope? Because I saw Yankees fans come out both different ways after reading it. I'd like to think more hope. I mean, listen, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I live in Brooklyn, so I watch the team most days and I follow them pretty closely. And I, I definitely see, you know, some of the comments that they have about, you know, they're too focused on home runs and they're too focused on lunch angle and they don't hit and run. And I think that's true of a lot of fan bases right now, just kind of the way 2021 20, baseball is. Um, I certainly don't fault Aaron Boone for not trying to steal more bases with this team because it's not a speed team. Like, who are you going to do that with? Tyler Wade, who's never on base in the first place. But what's been fascinating to me is when you see a team performing this poorly, and there's, there's no way around that. They have been performing the lineup anyway extremely poorly. You know, you like to go in and say, okay, well, they must be striking out a ton. So they're making weak contact or they're swinging at terrible pitches. Like, that's the first couple of things I would think about. And none of that happens, at least on a team level. You know, it's like plenty of teams strike out more than they do. The Rays strike out more than they do. Uh, They walk really well. They're hitting the ball hard, and it's just not working. And I think part of that is um, the, you know, the the performance of runners on base has been pretty terrible. And I think part of that is just some of the big guns, like LeMahieu has to do better. You know, Torres has to do better. And I'm kind of like in the middle. You know, LeMahieu cannot 
possibly be this bad for the rest of the year. Like that can't happen. I refuse to believe we live in a world where he's going to stink this badly. He will be bad, you know, but when you look up and down the lineup, it's like, if he doesn't, I don't know what to do, right? Like you can hope Rochella does better. And I think he will. And you can hope Frazier does better. And I think he will. I don't have a lot of confidence. You're going to get much more from Brett Gardner. You know, I don't think you're going to get much out of Rudy Odor. And it kind of just lands back on the Mayhew and Frazier and Torres. Like if they do better, the team will do great. And if they don't, you're toast. It's not going to be about acquisition. It's going to be about those three guys improving from this. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, because I, obviously it's not an exciting time in Yankee land. I mean, every time you see a stat come out and it's, you know, worst offense in 73 or, uh, you know, 1901, all, all that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to think of the recipe to get back, and you laid some of it out there. Obviously, if Luke Voigt can come back and look like any semblance of Luke Voigt, that changes you know, the Yankees have had the worst offensive production from the first base spot. Um, if, if you had to buy stock in in someone to come back, it sounds like you're saying DJ, because um, he, he can't be what he is now. I guess that just turns into a question of what is he? Can he be an 800 OPS DJ LeMahieu for the second half of the season? Or or what's the hope there? I, I mean, do we start banging the Glaber drum? What else? You know, I'm kind of in it, Urshela coming back. I mean, because... When he makes contact, it's a really good, strong contact. It's the, the best quality of contact in three years as a Yankee. And his problem has just been strikeouts, you know, and that's not really been a team-wide thing necessarily. It has been for Gardner. It has been for Shella, but, you know, he hasn't been fully healthy. You know, the, the knee has been an issue. Uh, he's had one of the largest strikeout rate jumps in baseball, and that's never been his game. You know, he's always been a high-contact kind of guy. And I haven't really found anything that indicates he suddenly has forgotten how to, to make contact anymore. It's interesting because he's swinging through fastballs more than he is breaking balls. And that doesn't seem to me like something that's going to, you know, sustain for the rest of the year. So I'm pretty in on him doing better. And I'm pretty in on, on Frazier doing better as well. I know Frazier is like a huge whipping boy because his defense has taken a big step back. Um, he's still hitting the ball hard. and He's still hitting about as often as he used to just, kind of has this weird combination of ground balls and pop-ups, which doesn't lead to production at all. That doesn't seem to be sustainable either. So if you're asking me which two guys do I have the most confidence in doing better, it's probably Frazier uh, and, and Urshela. I mean, those are the two with the best like underlying metrics for me. Frazier's interesting because uh, Katie Sharp, who does uh, Sharp Stats with us, she's kind of head of our fake analytics department <laughs> here, and, and she does great work across the board. A while ago, she was talking about and telling us how Clint's bat speed is so quick through the zone and to the ball that he rarely, this was back in 2019 or 2019, I believe, that he rarely makes bad contact. He usually squares it up when he hits it, but it seems this season – Oh, is is that is he still barreling it, but it's just going into the ground and the launch angles off, or is he making worse contact? The pop out stat is wild. Yeah, yeah, the pop out stat was wild. Yeah, it's weird. It's not it's not usual. You see a guy turn uh, line drives into both too high and too low. Right? Like sometimes you'll see, oh, he's hitting too many pop ups or too many ground balls. He's doing both, which is really weird. You know, that's not a usual thing. That's what I wrote. The, uh, the largest drops in line drive rate from last year. He's on the top three, and the other two guys are Lindor, who's been terrible, and Yasmani Grandal, who's been weirdly good, even though he's hitting 150, right? And those are still high-quality teams to be around. So it's it's really weird to see a guy do that kind of like divergence of too high and too low at the same time. And it's hard for me to believe that's suddenly who he is now. Like, nobody does that in the first place. 
and that he's done it over two months doesn't make me think he's going to do it for six months. Mm. And you, you mentioned, you know, Brett Gardner. Obviously, we we love Brett, and you know he he's been streaky throughout his career. So we're we're going to hold out that you know he's he's going to get a hot streak at some two weeks this season. But you know, as we've talked about it, obviously when they traded. Talkman for Wandy Peralta. Right now, the backup center fielders are a combination of Judge, Tyler Wade. We'll see if anyone gets in the mix. Uh, at, there's obviously been a lot of center field Yankee rumors. Is, is does that have to be the play at this point? We we assumed coming into this year that the pitching wasn't going to be quality enough, and they they've been good. I think they're second in the AL so far this year. Is is center field to some degree have to be what they address if if they do make a move at the deadline? Yeah, I, I think so. I know everybody wants to look for a shortstop or a first baseman, you know, and certainly if you can get Trevor Story, like by all means go get Trevor Story. But if you look at the, the, the team here, you can't have Gardner play every day. He's not he's not a starting caliber batter anymore. Judge is actually decent out there, but you don't really want Judge playing center field every day. If you go out and get someone and preferably a left handed batter, I think that'd be perfect. You know, the problem is there's kind of a lot of teams that need a center fielder as well. You know, the Phillies could really use a center fielder. The Mets could probably use a center fielder. Uh, Houston could really use a center fielder. So there's going to be a lot of demand and probably not that many guys available. You know, could you get Starling Marte? Yeah, sure, maybe. Um, could you go out and get Kevin Kiermeyer? Well, the Yankees can't, but the other teams could. You know, I, I think there's you know, the White Sox as well probably need a center fielder too. So I don't know where that, that is going to come from. You know, you could get like a Mitch Hanniger. He's not really a center fielder. So there's just, there's a limited opportunity there. But I don't see, I don't see where else you add, right? Like, like I said before, the, the improvement has to come from within mostly. Well, Mayhew, Frazier, Torres, but none of those guys are playing center field for you. And you can't have Hicks because he's hurt. And you can't have Gardner because he's not good enough. They got to find somebody to play center field. And I'm not entirely sure who that's going to be yet. Mm. I didn't realize there's that many other teams searching for that position, but it makes sense. It's a, it's a, one of the hardest defensive positions to play and then also have a bat attached to you. So that's a bummer. I wish you would have said, <laughs> yeah, they're going to get this guy yeah. and he's going to be great. Cattell Marte is on the way. He's on a plane right now. Uh, from, from an offensive standpoint, is there, is there any, you said lefty, is there any other type of bat or approach or contact uh, that you think they should be, searching for in in an addition to the lineup well it'd be nice if you could go out and get someone who could play shortstop and move torres over to second base and let one who play wherever you need him because you know it's hard to know what you'll get from Voight. and there could be a couple of shortstops available i know everybody wants trevor story he actually hasn't been that great this year and now he's, he's injured uh, again they won't be the only team looking for a shortstop but i, I think I just heard one of you guys say Marte. How perfect is he? Because he can play shortstop and center field. <laughs> that's a tough profile to get to, but I think that's one possible option. But they're they're really limited just in the way they're rostered. You know, they've got this kind of weird situation of guys who aren't performing but aren't necessarily replaceable. You're not going to trade for guys and just put Torres on the bench. Like, it's not going to happen, you know? So you're not going to probably trade for a catcher at this point. If they are going to get a guy, it's got to be a center fielder or a shortstop, preferably somebody who's lefty. Um, I saw someone in the chat I've got up here said Ryan Reynolds. I love that idea. I don't think he's going to come cheaply. But as a switch hitter who can play all three outfield spots, he'd be a phenomenal fit. And if you can pull that off, because the Pirates certainly aren't going anywhere, I think I would love that one. That'd be an interesting one. He's been he's been better than uh, I think you know people have realized 
His 2019 season was really good. Did he have a bad 2020? Is that him I or am I thinking did. of Fra- yeah. Frazier? No, he he did. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. It's it's so interesting. And I saw, I think there was another MLB.com article where they laid out, you know, a price tag for, man, I mean, both of those guys would be significant. I mean, Brian Reynolds is 26 years old. He's got almost two and a half war this year. And, yeah, I mean, the blip on his radar is last year in 55 games. It, uh, it feels like Cattell would make sense with the Diamondbacks going to last place, but like you're saying, I mean, you know, that turns into a prospect package, and and that's obviously a, another Yankees <laughs> debate for another time. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. The other interesting conversation I wanted to have with you is the Glaber Torres conversation, and and I I want to. So there's a uh, two. There's my frame of thought on Glaber, which I think some other Yankee fans has is. At the beginning of the year, he was just searching for a home run or for power. And if he had no strikes or one strike, he was swinging out of his shoes. That stopped. And it almost, to me, feels like they said, hey, the ball's dead. Or or they said, hey, it's not going to happen. The ball's dead. Don't swing for home runs. Just make contact. Because it's almost like his swing has gotten shorter. His contact has gotten higher. And that's the guy Glaber was supposed to be. When he made his debut, he was not supposed to have power. He was supposed to be a all-around hitter, average guy. So in my head, I, and this might be just you know me being happy and positive, I'm saying, yeah, okay, Glaber has uh, you know admitted defeat against the long ball this year and is hitting for contact. Do you think? I mean, I think I think your article you had it like more worrisome that the power's not there. Am I just being too optimistic with my spin that he's just not going for it anymore? I think that 2019 season where he popped 38 home runs is obviously a fantastic year, but I also think it gave everyone a truly unrealistic portrait of what kind of hitter he was going to be, right? Because that was the year where they were playing with the Powerball, and you know, I think the three of us each hit 15 home runs that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how easy it was to hit home runs. That's that's not who he is, right? But it was interesting to me when I looked. You know, his first two years it was really good, like 25 percent above average. And you compare them to the last two years where he's only been about 5% above average. He was striking out and chasing way more in the first two years. You know, it's, it's weird to think that a guy's striking out less and is worse off for it. But it seems to me that's what's happening. You know, I, I, I don't want to say sell out for power because that's obviously not a good hitting approach. But if he's going to strike out less and just put, you know, unproductive balls in play, I'd rather have the strikeout if, if they come with the power and the production because, I know for years the joke around the Yankees is, oh, too many home runs. They rely on the home runs too much. And whether that's true or not is immaterial because this year they don't have the home runs. You know, Judge has been fantastic. Stanton's been good when he's been healthy, not recently, obviously. Uh, but the team is the sixth lowest slugging percentage in the baseball. And how are you the Yankees and have the sixth lowest slugging percentage in baseball? Like, that should not be possible. So if I'm Torres, I would actually go up there and say, listen, man, you got to swing harder. You've got to pound the ball. If you strike out more, that's fine uh, but we need more thumbs like this soft contact thing is not working yeah I, I remember we had an eye opening I think it was two years ago with Clint Frazier that his his swing and miss was actually kind of a good thing because that that increases hard hit rate so much that was KT Sharp we we didn't have that off our brains but it was that was kind of an eye-opening moment especially when you start talking about the Yankees double play uh, dilemma so far this year is, is there anything we can do with that is it is it just like you know is it time to get religious about the double plays because I mean we we did the math I mean slow team hits the ball hard and gets on base I, the the 
the formula is there for double plays. Is there anything, or is it just cross your fingers and hope they start going at guys? I don't think they bother me as much as they probably do, uh, you know, when you're watching the game, and that gets super frustrating. Like, this is not a fast team, obviously, so there's that. I, I like to look at the bright side and say, well, you can't have a double play if you don't put runners on base in the first place, but overall, double plays are less likely now We scramble ground double plays than they have been in the history of baseball because, you know, everyone's striking out. There are fewer runners on. Nobody's hitting ground balls in the first place. So while they're deeply frustrating, especially when they come in big spots, I don't think there's much you can do to avoid them. They're not going to get faster. You don't want them to put fewer runners on base, obviously. Uh, the best thing you can do is have guys go up and, let's say, DJ Mayhew, uh, not hit grounders anymore. You know, found the ball in the air. You won't have ground ball double plays. And I'm, I'm not worried about that much. I'm a little more worried about some of the bad base running decisions, mm. you know, like I don't like necessarily to look at guys thrown out on the bases because sometimes that's good. Sometimes being aggressive is good, but that's not really what I've seen. I've seen a lot of mistakes and I'm, I'm sure that kind of backs up the eye test of what you guys have seen as well. Yeah. They are the slowest team in baseball and don't know, realize it. And it's should be station to station for a lot of them. Judge and Guardy wait if he's out there. Other than that, like you even pointed out, Clint Frazier is all of a sudden slow. It's weird. Bizarre. Bizarre. One last question. Jake had this one. Uh, I know you're not going to have the numbers offhand, but if you were to take all of Aaron Judge's numbers out of the overall team vibe, mm. how dreadful does it really become? <laughs> oh, that's grim. I, I mean, I like. I would like to think that's true for every team, right? Like if you go to the Angels and you take Mike Trout out of their lineup, you know, how bad is that? Uh, but, oh, man, that's that's grim. Think about it this way, right? They are the team with the sixth worst slugging percentage in baseball, and that is with Aaron Judge slugging 540, which is like a top dozen or so rate. So if you take him out, uh, this is probably the worst Yankee offense ever. Let's say ever. <laughs> Let's just say ever. Huge. Easy. Huge. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, do you, and I, I guess my final thing would be, do you have any – you know, you mentioned you watch a, a chunk of Yankee games. We're, we're dialed in for every game. Is there anything analytically that you need uh, any bad takes for us that aren't backed by any data? Is, is there anything we can confirm or deny for you? <laughs> well, you know, I was just looking this up this morning. It's funny. Um, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of batting average, obviously, but if you look at the Yankees uh, on one strike or, or zero strikes, they're terrible, right? They're worse. You look at them at two strikes, they are the sixth best. And I think everybody likes to talk about, where's your two-strike approach? And maybe that's it. Maybe they're showing it, and, you know, it just isn't coming through because everything else has been so dreadful. Wow. Hmm. Good two-strike hitting team. What a good note to end this one. Thank you very much, Mike. (laughs) Hey, well, thank you very much for joining us, man. I appreciate it. That was awesome. Great article, and thank you for all the insight. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, now we are all smarter. Thank everyone. Go, everyone. Go tweet at Mike. Tell him he was great. Um, Thank you for making me a touch smarter. And then you can thank Rise at Mike underscore Petriello. You can thank Rise for fixing your sleep. Whoa, BBD. I saw BBD checking his sleep debt in the office today. Were you showing Sam? How are you at? It's not a great situation right now. No. Yeah. Even after my, I went home like. We had an early day because the Yankees were off, so I went home and I napped, and then I got like a, a normal full night's sleep tonight. Somehow it went, the number went up. What's your sleep debt at? 
It's like 11 right now. I think I didn't sleep well. Mm. Man. I, uh... One of my the guys that at the wedding I was at, who sure. I know through people through people, mm. works for Rise. He was like, "Hey, what's your Yankees podcast?" Oh wow, talking Yanks. He said, "Oh yeah, we just did a deal with you." I said, "Yeah, Rise." I showed him my Fitbit and the app, and I was like, "My sleep's fucked right now because I yeah I went away." So my, I my believe sleep deck got to fifteen. Mine got to fifteen hours, and I believe it. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Rise is a science based app that makes it easy to improve your sleep and daily energy. It tracks your sleep, it tracks your sleep debt, how many hours you should be getting a night, and then, you know, if you mess up, it says, hey, you got to make up for that hour somewhere. Uh, Sleep debt is the only score that matters. Rise tracks how much sleep you owe your body relative to your own unique sleep needs and helps you pay it back. Your circadian rhythm dictates your personal energy peaks and dips throughout the day. Rise not only predicts your daily energy schedule, it helps you take control of it. Jake, did, was that a reaction to your rise? Ten hours of sleep, sleep debt. Not, not stoked about it. We gotta it. get But better. I had a good night last night. I had a, um, they have they label them great or super nights. I'm over on super nights, but since we down, since I downloaded Rise on May 26, I've got five great nights, and I Hell think yeah. last night was one. No Yanks. No Yanks. That helps. Now yeah. we're gonna have bad sleep because. The Yankees play 8 o'clock starts, and Thursday we have to record after the 8 o'clock start. So this weekend I got, I almost got into the great area. You know, step one is Rise is allowing us to be conscious of it. Step two will, uh, us adjusting because of that. So Rise helps you realize your potential with real results, real productivity, real performance, real well-being. 80% of Rise users feel the benefits within five days. Give it a try and see what it can do for you. Go to risescience.com slash yanks. And download the Rise app today to try it for seven days. Uh, whether you want to become a morning person, wake up more refreshed, be less exhausted during the day, or improve your productivity and daily energy, Rise is the power behind your next best day. That's risescience.com slash yanks to try and Rise app for free. I mean, I don't know. When are we going to like be attaching players to Rise and being like, I know why Clint had a bad day. Dude's not sleeping. Zero super sleeps in his last month. I mean, that's where it's kind of the classic conversation of, you know, if they had that in the 80s and it had been like, oh, David Cohn is pitching today and did not sleep. Um, but, yeah, these a- athletes nowadays, like, don't even really do that. Like, there's so much social media that athletes – Yeah, I would Then guess. I'd feel bad. Like, if someone – if a player didn't go out and they got three hours sleep and everyone was like, so what happened last night? That'd be a bad time. Yeah. Yeah, we all just know that public knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Mike, dude, they they have it on golfers. Have you seen that yet? Well, they yes. have they have the heartbeat, heartbeat and all that stuff. Kind of, that's cool. that's kind of messed up too. Like, yeah, the first time someone misses a big putt and yeah. they've got like a one sixty going on. Yeah, like that dude was nervous. <laughs> do they give that to the public? Like, do you have to be watching on TV to know it? Can you be in the audience at a golf event and like <laughs> streaming it on your phone and then just yell out like, "His heart's racing yes, right now!" Nervous. The whole yeah. crowd's like, "You're nervous. You're nervous." I don't know if that's good. Mike just reached out, and said, "I could barely hear you guys." So I hope I was answering the right questions. Okay. So, claps for him for persevering. Yeah. Persevere. I think we thought we were coming through the mic, but we were coming through the phone, ah. which usually we pass back and forth sometimes. Right. So that's our bad. So uh, great job by Mike persevering through that. We put him through the ringer. Bang. Yanks uh, got some problems, Jake. Yeah, a little bit. And I think, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. If you're, if you're looking for solace, like, we're we're what uh, a little over a third away through the season, so uh, you know there is some good stuff in there. There's some stuff to believe in. You know, in theory, the double plays can't keep up at this rate, and 
I don't know. The Geo stuff's really interesting. Uh, you know, we we always kind of live in fear of the Geo thing bottoming out because we got him for such an easy value, and then he wins the job and all that. But Geo, who's had a bulky knee this year, has a lot of the numbers still there. Um, I'm leading. I'm leaning pretty heavy on Geo's Batlin, and it zapped Batlin. him of some of his power. I like that. Or like timing on a swing. I'm I'm deciding to be very optimistic with Geo and Glaber. And I guess uh, offensively, those guys are guaranteed to be in there every day, anyways. So let's believe in that. Same with D- and DJ can't be this bad. So yeah. like, there's there's stuff to believe in. Yeah, it's at least not going to be this. No, not going to be this. All right, we also have a sharp set which dives more into this this topic. Yes. Let me check. Let me check my email to see if we got the uh, the odds yet for tonight's game. I don't think we do. Maybe I'll wait till afterwards because I want to share them when I have them, and I usually get them during the show. The odds for tonight's game. It's around this time. Slot. Who's pitching for the Yankees? Well, for I the Yankees, Pineda for them. Cole, Cole Pineda. No, Montgomery tonight. Monty Cole. Okay. Montgomery for us, Pineda for them. Um, interesting. Yeah. Kind of big start for Monty. I mean Pineda's been great. If you can pass if you can pass a win to Cole tomorrow, that makes Mike King's Thursday start uh, a lot more easier to breathe. But yeah, well, <laughs> easier to breathe hasn't been the Yankees. You, th- you think majority so of the money is going to be on the Yankees or the Twins? I would guess the Yankees just because the Twins have been yeah. so bad. But hasn't the Twins' problem so, been offense? Kings, Yankees. I mean, hasn't the Twins' problem been um, pitching and then Pineda's one of the actual good ones? Big Mike. Oh, uh, he had a bad start against Baltimore. He's coming off a stinker. Raised his ERA from two six two to three forty, so all the money's going to be on the Yanks. Big Mike blew it. Big Mike, it's having a great uh, season. Yeah, Yankees are the favorites today, but it's close. How close? Oh, actually, it's basically a pick 'em. I picked the Yanks, Yankees. Yanks are minus with one. my heart. Yanks are minus one ten. Twins are minus one hundred six. So technically, the Twins are the slightest of favorites, but. Well, I imagine they the get same. a slight edge for being home, and yeah. they, if you probably, they go, probably have good lefty numbers. If you want to go throw sure. some, uh, look it up, couple bucks on the Yankees to win or the under. I don't know what you're offensively getting. Yankees are slight favorites. I'm dumb. Yankees are slight favorites. Jake is dumb. Official confirmed. Confirmed. So put that in the bet. So when you go to DraftKings and you download the app using promo code JohnBoy, just put it in the bet. Jake told me. That the Yankees were the favorites. He's the smartest guy yeah. in the world. Or you can choose any basketball team in the playoffs right now and choose them to win. And if they win, you, you bet one dollar and then you claim one hundred dollars in free credits if you win. Promo code John Boy for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. One, two, a one, two, three, four. Must be twenty-one or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions supply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in Indiana. One eight hundred nine with it. Bang. Take that. That was your fastest ever, and you know that, and you're really proud. Yeah. I counted in. I know. So. Counted in, deep breath. 
People are impressed. It's a rolling start. In like the sprinting. chat, the, like the live audience right now. Hundred meter race. Like, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to let people know that I'm impressed. But that was sure. fairly impressive. Proud of you. Jimmy should go take Minkman's job. No, I think Minkman retired. Yeah. So it's it's fine to say that. Minkman's Minkman's new now. replacement. That's still not nice. I don't know who does it. Right. Erica Horowitz. She was great. Is. Anyway, sharp stats. I have Katie's phone call right here. Hey, guys. What's up? It's the Queen of Stats, Katie Sharp, back again. Another edition here. All right. So, guys, yes, the Yankees' offense stinks. They're terrible. And while a lot of people are focusing on all those double plays that they're hitting into, I want to focus on what they're doing when they actually hit the ball in the air. Because it's not pretty. It's maybe even worse. And I think it's one of the most underreported parts of this failing Yankees offense. So what I did is I looked at all balls hit in the air, that's fly balls and line drives, that did not become home runs for the Yankees. And if you look at those, they have the second lowest slugging percentage on non-home run fly balls and line drives, second lowest in the majors. If you just look at fly balls that didn't become home runs, they have the absolute lowest slugging percentage on those batted balls. And you're going to say, okay, well, maybe they're just hitting a ton of can of corns or whatever. They're not really uh, impacting the ball. They actually have the second highest average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives that don't become home runs. So they're hitting the ball hard enough. But what I really want to focus on, what I think the real root of the problem is, is that it's actually a it's actually a condition of the, the uh, defensive positioning by the opponents. So if you look at the average starting depth for outfielders, and I looked at just road games um, against the Yankees, the average starting depth for left fielders of opponents, the deepest in the majors against the Yankees, center fielders, the deepest, right fielders, the 12th deepest. So essentially, essentially all the opponents, they're playing their outfielders much deeper, which means that they can, you know, let maybe let in a few singles, but they're taking away all those extra base hits on those fly balls. And it's also a lot easier to catch balls when you're coming in than to catch balls when you're going out. So, I don't know, this Yankees offense is broken, and, you know, even when they hit the ball in the air, they can't get hits, they can't get extra base hits. It's a mess, guys. I don't know. Thank. I love. Thanks, Katie. Sharp stats. Yeah. Because this is this is the Gary Sanchez defense. Yeah. We were trying to tell this to Trevor Plouffe on Talking Baseball, and he didn't really buy it. I also read another article that said third basemen are playing ten feet further back today than they were a decade ago. Yeah. So there's just so many more outs on hot shots to third because no one's bunting anymore. And you see the defensive alignments. It's wild. I mean, look at look at some of the defensive alignments on the slower players in the league. If you look at a pool holst or someone like that, I mean, it's wild where people are standing on the field. And yeah, the the Gary Sanchez thing. We've talked about it for a while. Um, you know, how many left fielders basically start on the warning track when Gary catches one, and it's kind of right there. And you say, ah. And it's I'll you know if we're talking fears, this has to be a big one because this kind of feels like. The game has moved quickly in the past five years, and this feels like one of the things that the Yankees, 
front office analytics team, however you want to phrase it, may not have calculated for. You know, we obviously know they love the hard hit stuff. Look at Judge and Stanton and Hell Gary. Like those three, I mean, it's Stanton is changing the world and how hard he hits the ball. Judge is a beast. Gary, when he's right, um, you know, we've kind of seen Geo break out because of Viv Voigt. But with the lack of speed, Outfielders can play as deep as they want They're not worried about guys stretching singles into doubles And I think there may be a predictability To how these guys hit I mean, look at the way the Rays shift on us Some at-bats I think they showed it on DJ LeMahieu The infield looked like a normal infield The outfield was shifted full right Like their left fielder was basically playing a center field Kiermaier's and right So... Yes, the hard hit numbers and some of that is awesome, but when there's no speed to make you worried about turning a single into a double or a ball down the line, and we have numbers that if Gary Sanchez pulls everything, you can defend that a lot easier where you're right, and I know you know different things go into BABIP and expected slugging and things like that. I'm actually talking about some of that on our Talking Baseball tomorrow. That the analytics haven't fully figured that out yet That we've seen so much We could do a highlight reel of Gary Sanchez 330 feet line drives That have an expected batting average of 880 But they didn't Their expected adding, batting average was zero Because they were right at the left fielder Yeah Yeah I mean for anyone that maybe missed Katie's voicemail uh, On road games the Yankees left fielders Left fielders play deeper against the Yankees than any other team. Center fielders play deeper against the Yankees than any other team. Because the Yankees are hitting the ball hard, second highest average velo on balls hit to the outfield, second lowest slugging. So they're just predictable. They just play them real deep and just catch everything. And you hope there's a little bad luck involved. But, yeah, you know, A plus B equals C there. It it all makes sense. Um, Yeah, that makes me a little nervous. You don't like it. I don't like that. Because it's bad stats. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we've, on our Talking Baseball, we've done a lot of conversations about the shift and is is it bad for the game? And, uh, you know, can <laughs> if you do it with the infield, can you do it with the outfield? And what does that look like? Are we putting lines on a beautiful baseball well, field? No. Ba- baseball would be a much better product if every position had player had to start in an area and run after the ball. The traditional what you picture and I, a baseball field. I does. said this on an on a podcast on air before I knew the Yankees were the worst at getting jobbed by this or whatever you would say. Right. Like, no, it's, it's just think about it. If a guy if a line drives hit to the warning track and the guy is just standing there and catches it, that's not exciting for a casual fan who has no interest in the game at all. Yeah. If a guy hits it to the warning track and the left fielder makes a Running in stride catch That's entertaining So that's a bigger issue that baseball's facing again And people get very upset When I voice that opinion But the product would be more entertaining And Lindor said the same exact thing I so mean Bob Costas said it on our winter meeting special Yeah, yeah. Um, You know we, we have all these but people inc- get upset when Incredible you say that. athletes That you know a, a running catch in left center Is a lot better than if you shifted over there And it's just a cough fly ball yeah. And I was you know I, when looking around Yankee Stadium, I always picture you'll see these balls off the bat and you could do it with Gary or, or whoever it is. Even DJ to right field, some of the balls that get caught off him now, 
you know, those used to be doubles, which are the most one of the most exciting things as a hit. When a ball goes into the corner and there's going to be a play at second base, I mean, that's stand up your seat stuff and, and see if they're going to get in there. And a lot of that has been taken away from the game. So uh, I understand why. And, you know, if, if you're the Yankees, this is kind of something you had to see coming as a trend with more defensive shifts and where the outfield is standing that um, I'm worried it, it kind of moved faster than they anticipated. And, you know, th- hopefully those Yankees numbers level out a little bit. But the math checks out. The math checks out. And it's not good. Hey, we've been doing this on this uh, episode. Sure. Guessing the lineup. Yes. It always breaks my heart. <laughs> and 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 um, <laughs> legitimately what? ruins my night. Was not supposed to be a heartbreak segment. The, the, the Tuesday lineups after we predict them have been like pretty consistently the most baffling lineups of the week. I am going to try to predict. Weren't we close last week? No, we were incredibly off. They no, batted Odor second and Ford fifth. Last week we. I speed thought that was two weeks game. ago. No, that was last oh, week. Okay, and it was devastating. It yeah. feels like two weeks. So yeah. I am going to predict just an utterly ridiculous lineup. Okay. To try and sway the results. You're going full. Ridiculous. We have tried to predict normal. Hey, this yeah. is the lineup I would play. Right. And then they play. The dumbest lineup in the world. Right. So I'm going to try and do something realistically as okay. unrealistic as I, I could be. Okay. I'll have DJ. I'll have DJ leading off. Okay. That seems to make sense. I have Glaber batting second. Sure. Why not? Stan sitting. And they're going to announce probably announce IL or something like that. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm predicting no. bad things to That's happen. That's not a crazy theory. Uh, Judge will be third, and DHing. Okay. Uh, Urshela, cleaning up. Going around, going, uh, Guardy, five. Why not? Mix it up. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah, put the lefty there. Have some fun. Uh, after Guardy, we'll go Odor. No, that won't both. Okay, so Odor, five. Oh my God, it's Odor, five. Mm. Damn it. That's real. That's right. Yeah. That's real. But is it too real? That's always the question. Um, it's five or two. We'll go Clint after him. Then we'll go Gary, then we'll go Gardy, then we'll go Andujar. Okay. Uh, let's get Wade in there. Another lefty bat? No chance after an off day. Well, um, Judge is DHing. Oh, they got Stanton the double off day. Beautiful. It's a triple off day. You got to be careful. Okay. All right, I have something funny. So is that All right, now I have a, a changing it. Stanton is batting third. Okay. He's DHing. Judge is getting his double off day now. He re- rested oh, yesterday. Okay. I like He's that. resting today. I like so Judge that. is He's out of off. Judge is out of the lineup today. <laughs> I um, like that. He still got Stanton three there. Uh, I have Stanton three. I have Glaber playing short, um, and heading second. Urshela at third base. Oh, Gittins. Look, let's get Gittins in here. Um, Can Gittins some run? Maybe they give DJ a day off, too. Odor's at... Okay, that's what... Okay, so Odor is at uh, second. Gittins is at first. DJ's going to get the day off. Double off day for DJ as well. Uh, He's earned that. (laughs) So now we have... um, Okay, hold on. Now we have Gardner leading off, playing center field. Glaber batting second at short. Mm-hmm. 
Stan slides to third, DHing, or sh- or Stan uh, Stan yeah hitting third, DHing. Urshela's cleanup playing third base. Odor is behind him uh, at first base, and then um, we'll just go Gittins. Why not? Sure. Playing first base, then we'll go Clint uh, in right field. Gary behind the dish. Um, and then Andujar is in left field. Okay. Gardner, Glaber, Stanton, Geo, Odor, Gittins, Clint, Gary, Andujar. Okay. I'm a I'm a, I'm on board. Certainly, one one of Geo or DJ is getting a day today because that would be the most frustrating thing. Okay. Whoa! I mean, you have to give it's the double of off day. Yeah. yeah. See, you think they can recover and recoup in just one day. I've got a little bit. They I've, traveled. I've got day. a different theory uh, going here. Okay. Um, Maybe Wade lead off in center field. No, you just you got to get a little more creative. You got to think outside the box. That's how you spark a baseball. You're team. right. Mine's a little on the nose. Yes. Uh, so I DJ Lemayhu. Uh, he's playing second. That's nuts. So I have Aaron Judge uh, in the two hole, and he's playing right field. Batted second Sunday for the first time. I don't know about that. So my next one, two, three, four, five, six hitters, they all have a G as the start of their first or last name. Okay. So uh, Giancarlo, Gio, Glaber, Gittins, Gary, Gardner. So you put the G stack in there, and I think that shakes things up. In 2019, the G stack was a real thing. Yeah. Uh, And then you have Clint um, batting ninth. Calls himself Glint with the guys just Glint. to like feel What's like part of the crew. What's up, fellow kids? Yeah, call what me Glint. Call me Glint today. Yeah, Glint, like, Glint is actually kind of a Glint. I mean, it's isn't a, that a word? Like a that's no, glimmer. What's unfortunately? It is a word. I like kind of the sound Glint makes, but if you name your kid that, I mean, it's just it's bad phone calls for life. Glint? <laughs> no, Glint. <laughs> If a Glenn and a Clint got married, you could do it. Yeah. Name their son Glint. Glint. What's the def? Glint's a word. I don't think I've... It's, G-L-I-N-T. Yeah, it's a word. It's f- similar to glimmer, like a glint and a glimmer. I feel like that's a saying. Uh, give out or reflect small flashes of light. It's like a glint of hope. Would that make sense? Because a glimmer of hope? I think so. Glint of gold in his teeth. Yeah. There you go. All so right. that's the lineup. Those are the lineups. Yeah, everyone's favorite segment of talking Yanks. Does anyone have a history against Pineda? I guess we can do that on the pregame show. Check out the Talking Yanks pregame show. Probably live at around five. Yeah. Um, only guy with more than three at bats is Rugi. He's one for six. One for nine, six strikeouts. Giving away all the secrets, baby. One for nine with six Ks, huh? Not bad. Believe in do. Not bad. So he's seen him. Seen him. Jimbo? I was about to say that, you know, with my lineup prediction here, I think we've officially forced the Yankees' hand to do the opposite of what we say Mm. and put out an actual good lineup. But because I think that, it's a reversing the reverse situation. No. Lineup's gonna. So you mush we'll the mush. We'll find out. Find out on uh, at five thirty tonight when we're sitting in these same seats doing the pregame show. Otherwise, go uh, go tell Katie Sharp she's the best. Go tell Mike Petriello that he's the best. I was very 
last minute joining of, to the show by him. I just DM'd him, said, we're going to talk about your article. Want to come on? And he said, absolutely. So <laughs> Come through. So go follow and uh, tell him it was good stuff. Go Yanks. Tell him, Grams. Oh, Yankees. <laughs> <laughs>